today on CityCast Salt Lake. Primary election day in Utah is Tuesday, June 28th, but ballots are being mailed this week and you might have already received yours. If you live in Salt Lake City and are a registered Democrat or unaffiliated voter, there's a good chance that your primary ballot will include the race for Utah Senate District 9. It's a new district and it stretches from parts of Poplar Grove across the city and along the East Bench. There are two Democratic primary candidates in that district vying for your vote, incumbent Senator Derek Kitchen and Dr. Jennifer Plum. No Republican candidates have filed in this election, which means the winner of this Democratic primary will be your state senator if you're in the district, which again, it's very, very likely that you are. Last Wednesday evening, I moderated a debate between the two candidates. The debate was divided into four sections. The first was about each candidate's methodology and the final three about specific policy issues. We're going to play for you right now the first section of the debate. Each candidate's approach to policymaking in a legislature stacked with members of the other party. Today's Wednesday, June 8th, 2022. I'm Ali Vallarta and this is CityCast Salt Lake. Let's move into our first category of conversation, which is about your approach to policymaking. Um, in fairness, I'll be alternating who goes first. So Senator Kitchen, my first question for both of you, but you first, and I really truly mean it. Why do you want this job? It's a good question. My mom <laughs> asks me this one all the time. <laughs> um, you know, like I mentioned in my opening statement, I'm running for reelection because I fundamentally believe that representation matters. If you look at the demographics of this community, of this state, they are not represented up on the hill. Like I mentioned, we are the youngest state. Look at the legislature. They don't look like any of us. I'm running for reelection because I believe with the Utah legislature and the supermajority that we currently have, we need somebody who's willing to get in there and fight. We need to have somebody up there that is willing to fight with the urgency that the moment requires. Look at the Great Salt Lake, the shrinking lake. When we lose, if we lose that lake, it'll have negative health impacts for all of us. It's gonna make our community completely unlivable. I'm running because I believe that I am the right person, not only to fight for this community, but to amplify voices that are lost to amplify the concerns of young families that can't afford to get into home ownership, to fight for kids that are being targeted by the Utah Republican supermajority for political points. I'm running to fight for this community. Dr. Palm, same question. Mm -hmm. I actually had a friend say today, who wants that job? It was, you know, it's a, it's a legit question because you know you're stepping into a really challenging realm. For me, I have been working in policy spaces and in the legislature as an outsider for the past nearly decade, nearly 10 years. And I have found strategies and found ways to get people to listen who typically don't listen, to get people to care who don't typically care. And I'm there regardless. What I have learned in that time is there's that last door. And without being through that last door where the ultimate influence is had and where the ultimate decisions are coming down, I can't have that continued bigger impact that I want to, the amplification that Senator Kitchen talked about. 
that's what I want to do. I want this job. I really want this job. I want to be able to deliver results to this community. I want our constituents to feel like, hey, that bill passed. That was amazing. We needed that, and that bill passed. Now, I'm not pie in the skying it that just one person with just one personality can make all the things happen, but by putting building blocks in place and by building relationships on even challenging issues, we can get results and we can impact for our community. So I want this job because it matters to me. It really matters to me. With that, I'd like to ask you a follow-up question first, and then Senator Kitchen, I'll turn to you. The Utah State Senate, of course, as you mentioned, both of you, is dominated by members of the Republican Party, which leaves a Democratic state senator in the super minority. I imagine many voters are concerned with the effectiveness of their candidate within these confines. Uh, Dr. Plum, specifically, how can your voters be confident that you will be able to work within the Senate majority to address the interests of your district? The district. Well, I think it, it helps to paint a little bit of a picture within this district, because it's a new district. We've had representation from Senator Kitchen, and we've had representation from Senator Iwamoto. When I hear people say that Democrats cannot pass bills in this Utah State Legislature, it's simply not true. Janie Iwamoto passed 11 of 12 bills, would have been 13, but two were combined into one last session this year, 2022. That's a 92% pass rate. And these were big deal bills. These were water banking. These were stopping the high speed racing that was particularly impacting the West Side. Th these were heavy lifts. Senator Karen Maine, Senator Luz Escamilla, Representative Jen Daly Provo, you can pass bills in that legislature. It is challenging. No one would ever deny that. And I intend to step into that space of being an effective results delivering legislator. How do I know that I can do it? How do I feel confident that I can do it? I feel honestly very much a part of and if not responsible for two of the most liberal pieces of legislation that have been passed in this state in the last seven years. Those were allowing syringe access, meaning through syringe exchange programs. You could obviously access them if you were a patient in a hospital, but for people who use drugs and people who are impacted in that realm, and naloxone access laws that are modeled as some of the most, I don't want to say perfect, there's no such thing as perfect, but as the most ideal laws by other states. And these are very liberal topics. These are very liberal concepts. We got, and I say we because it does take a team. No one person can do all this. It does take a team. Naloxone access laws, no one voted against it. Syringe exchange laws, one vote against it. So I feel that I have demonstrated, I know how to navigate those often shark infested waters because the results matter too much not to. Senator Kitchen. So I made a deal with myself early on in my tenure serving in the Utah legislature, that I was up there to work for you, the people of Salt Lake City. I ran for this seat because back in 2017, the inland port was rammed down our throat as a city. I ran because I see that Salt Lake City residents are not, had not been represented well. Their voice was missing from the conversation. There are a couple of ways that you can accomplish things as a member of the super minority. 
One, through the committee. It's kind of boring, but it's the process. And you can influence in your committees. The other way is by having legislation that everybody agrees to. This district, Senate District 9, is the most democratic, progressive district in the state of Utah. My job is to go up there and to advance a democratic agenda. And that is precisely what I've done with the bills that I've ran. Every single bill that I put my name to is not something that I crafted on my own. They came to me from my constituents, from the community. Just this last week, I opened up a bill to raise the minimum wage to purchase a gun from 18 to 21. This bill came to me because a friend turned to me after the Texas shooting with tears in her eyes because she had just dropped off her three-year-old toddler at daycare and she knew that she couldn't protect him. My job is to represent you. My job is to put forward legislation that this community desires. If the Republicans choose not to support it, that's on them. My job is to represent you, and I'm so honored to do that. May I have a rebuttal? Yes. Okay. I think this is, you know, one of the areas where if, if anyone were to say, where do Senator Kitchen and Dr. Plum differ? I would imagine that we actually share very similar views and, and principles in the way that we view the world and the way that we view our community members. We do differ on the way that we see the job of being a senator, and we do differ in the ways that we see what the responsibilities are of a senator. And for me, the last 10 years being a constituent in this district, there have been no results delivered. Now there are stumbles and it, they do make it challenging up there, but I don't think it's okay not to both represent as well as deliver for your constituents. I, I applaud Senator Kitchen for introducing that bill. It is crucial that we take as many ways as we can to impact gun safety, but we've got to do it from multiple angles and by building bridges. My next question for you, Senator Kitchen, is on a similar topic. This is a listener submission we just got. Do you think it's better to call out the truth or work to foster relationships that lead to progress in the Senate? I love this question. During the special session that the Republicans called to override Governor Cox's veto on the transgender sports ban, four Republican senators turned to me on the Senate floor complaining that they were arm twisted into this. They didn't want to vote for it. They had to vote for it, or else they would have been challenged by Republicans from within. They were threatened by their own party. I'm up there to fight for this community. And yes, that means building relationships. I have a lot of friendships with a lot of Republicans up there, but I still vote against them. You know why? Because this community disagrees with the legislation that they put forward. When I see something, I say something. It's not my job to go along to get along. It's my job to go up there and represent you every single day. And that's what I've done for the last four years in the Utah Senate. Dr. Plum, I'd ask you the same question. So it was, which is more important, to speak the truth? Do you think it's better to call out the truth or work to foster relationships that lead to progress? I don't see that as an either or, honestly. I think they're both crucial. I think calling out the truth means staying true to your principles. I think it means staying true to what you believe as well as what your constituents want to be represented. Um, I'll own right now, um, 
a lot of the positions that I have existed in working in spaces, both professionally as a physician as well as in as a policymaker, there are plenty of times you have to call someone out on their nonsense. There are plenty of times, and I think he'd be okay with me saying it, that I've had to tell Sean Reyes that he's full of it and that the plan that he's taking and the strategy he's taking is not what is good for Utahns or what is good for Utah's citizens. I had the director of the ONDCP, the drug czar from the White House, who came to visit us, three, one of three programs in the nation. And if you don't want to believe that I spoke truth to him about where our policies were wrong, huh, there's a tape. You tell folks what is true, you stick true to your principles, and then you say, how can we work together? Because we may not see things eye to eye, but our folks rely on us to find ways. It's not about making quote unquote friends to me. It's about making collaborative spaces. You can choose, you can be contentious or you can be collaborative. And for me, collaborative is what I have to do because if I don't, it's not okay not to. Senator Kitchen, this is a council submission question. I'd like to start with you. There's a long, long standing perception you're very aware of that Salt Lake City isn't liked in the legislature. Do you think we can move to a place where good policies for Salt Lake City can be viewed as good policies for Utah? Specifically, how would you play a part in that? Awesome. Yeah, I mean, Salt Lake City is the most dense urban place in the state of Utah. The lion's share of this district is Salt Lake City. Salt Lake City has a long history of leading out on important issues that matter to us. Affordable housing being the most important one. Look at what I did when I joined the city council. The first thing I was able to do was cobble together an unheard of amount of cash, $21 million directly for affordable housing. Salt Lake City had never seen that kind of cash before. When we negotiated the Inland Port deal back in 2017, we got 10% set aside for affordable housing. I was able to get that done. Salt Lake City needs strong representation in the legislature, and absolutely the Utah legislature should be learning from Salt Lake City. Look at water conservation as a good example, right? The way we manage our budget as a city. I believe that the Utah legislature has an enormous opportunity to take the good policy that is accomplished in Salt Lake City in particular around housing, and roll that out statewide. Think about zoning, the ability for us to develop, soft develop in our infill neighborhoods, right? Utah's the fastest growing state in the country. I'm of the belief that everybody deserves a right to sleep at night, sleep under a roof, to have a home, a comfortable place where they can accomplish their goals, where they can go to school, where they can get a job, have an address. Salt Lake City's leading. The rest of the state should be following this. Dr. Plum, I ask you the same question. I'm happy to repeat it if yes, you'd like. Yes, please. Okay. Do you think we can move to a place where good policies for Salt Lake City can be viewed as good policies for Utah? Specifically, how would you play a part in that? I think absolutely that there is an issue the way, with the way the state legislature treats Salt Lake City and views Salt Lake City's mm -hmm. issues, right? And I don't think it's a question to any of us that watch that space that sometimes it feels very much like, nah, don't let them have it. Nah, they got enough resources. Nah, let them do it on their own way. We don't need to help them make it any easier. 
And part of that problem is that a huge portion of our legislators come from non-urban areas. They come from rural and small town and less densely populated areas. And there's this inherent perception of a power imbalance that exists there. Smaller communities very often look to the big city, look to the big cities or the Wasatch Front as trying to take away from them. And on some levels, they're not wrong, right? That, that's where most of the resources fall. That's where most of the access to services are. That's where most of, you know, you go to the big city for your medical treatment. You go to the big city for the specialty type things. And what we've got to work on is we need to have Salt Lake City and the Wasatch Front be less demonized. We all care about the same things. This entire state cares about its air quality. This entire state cares about not only water quality, but water availability. This entire state is struggling with what do we do with the fact that folks aren't well right now, that we have a mental health crisis, unlike anything I've seen in my career. And so the way that I would like to work in that space, find out what they're afraid of. And this is a theory I go back to many times in, in the policy spaces where I exist. What are folks afraid of? Why are they not willing to engage? Build better connections to humans instead of fighting with don't let Salt Lake City have it. Then let Salt Lake City show the way, lead the way with some of these, exactly as Senator Kitchen pointed out, groundbreaking and potentially game-changing policies, but not while we're viewed as the other and not while we're viewed as the enemy. One more thing before we go. If you want to hear the rest of the debate between these two candidates, you can head over to the East Liberty Park Community Council's Facebook page for the full live stream. There's also a good chance it's on your Community Council's Facebook page. So if you're already there, you should see it. And if you have questions of your own, I encourage you to reach out to both of these candidates directly via their campaign websites or social media pages. Again, they are Senator Derek Kitchen and Dr. Jennifer Plum. Start that communication now and keep it going after the election. Your state senator works for you. Speaking of which, this is not the only primary in Salt Lake City right now. It's just the only primary debate I moderated. In Senate District 13, which is parts of Sugar House, South Salt Lake, Mill Creek, and Murray, environmental advocate Nate Bluen is challenging incumbent Senator Gene Davis. This is another one where the primary winner will almost certainly take the seat. So Google and get to know these folks and their priorities. If you do not receive a ballot this week, you can still vote in this election. Election day is Tuesday, June 28th. And if you have any questions whatsoever about your ballot, your party affiliation, where and how to vote in person, or what you need to bring with you to vote, write down this number. It's our county clerk, 385 468 7400. Call them up and absolutely, when it comes to local politics, never be shy. That's our show today here on CityCast Salt Lake. The Senate District 9 debate was hosted by the Salt Lake City Community Councils, took place at Salt Lake Community College, and was recorded by the Salt Lake City Library. Thank you to all the people who worked hard to make it happen, and thank you to both candidates for pursuing public office. And most of all, thank you for listening. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around this city. Bye. Bye.